Good morning. It's Friday, April 24th, 2015. This is Tech Talk Today, episode 163. My name is Chris. And I am Q5Sys. Hello, Mr. Sis. Welcome to Tech Talk Today. It's good to have you here. Hey, thanks for having me. And uh, a little a little pro tip for all of you uh, that want to get want to be like the ultimate traveler. You just connect with Mr. Q5Sys in the chat room. He'll give you a, a few tips. This guy shows up did you even did you even step into the car with a bag? Yeah, I had one bag. It's my uh, it's actually a helicopter travel pack. <laughs> um, so the entire thing will zip apart and lay flat open, which is great for the yeah. TSA because you don't actually have to take anything out of your bag. Right, you just expect- disassemble your bag, basically. Yeah. Um, so I had that. That was it. But it's small. It but fits just, basically a laptop. You don't even have to pop the, even pop the trunk when you got off there. No, yeah. just sat down in the seat and we're ready to go. And then you ship the rest of the stuff. Yes, because it was actually cheaper to ship stuff than to have a checked bag <laughs> at the airport. You got it down. It's a pretty quick way to travel. Yeah, and it's nice because it's USPS. It's insured. Yeah. So if they lose it, hey, I just made a little extra money. And you get new stuff if you want it. Uh, all right. Well, we've got a lot to cover today. Uh, but first, uh, it is uh, right right up to the wire. Linux Fest Northwest. Uh, we have been scrambling like crazy, getting things ready. Uh, of course, as something like this, uh, whenever you're building, or getting ready for something like this, something always has like a last minute like snafu that always has to be fixed. And so we've had one of those about every day. Yeah, pretty much about one a day. <laughs> yeah. And last night's was a doozy uh, where we discovered that the uh, the, the rig, that we kind of had to go to our backup rig for streaming. Not the first machine we had chosen to use, but one that we were ready to use because it's Linux-based, and we're kind of excited to try using a Linux-based streaming solution at Linux Fest. So that seemed like, okay, silver lining at least. Wasn't it kind of like a backup of our backup rig? Yeah, yeah. it was. Yes, it was. And, uh, of course, as fate would have it, the motherboard or the CPU, we're not sure, was dead. Something right. wasn't working, wouldn't post. And our backup of the backup is lying in pieces on the floor Thursday before we have to drive up, the Friday before we have to drive up and assemble. Uh, now, normally, this would be something that would probably give you ulcers, but there's probably literally not a better team on the planet to handle this kind of situation because you got uh, – we have like – uh, all of the production elements covered. We've got all of the technical assembly elements covered. We've got Alan here, who's got uh, the world's knowledge of live video streaming mm-hmm. and scale engine. So, like, he's got both the both ends of that covered. Uh, and so, we set out to fries, and uh, we made a trip. Now, Alan, before I go any further, are you ready for me to play uh, to play the yeah, intro video? Yeah. Okay. So here's Alan and I in the back of uh, Noah's rental car driving down to Fry's. Well, they took a picture instead. <laughs> Hello, my name is Chris, and this is Alan Jude. Hi, Alan Hi. Jude. And over there is snap on the go. There, yeah. There, this is kind of a neat shot too. Yeah. Boy, but Q5 looks really cranky. So let's take him out of the shot. <laughs> uh, so here we are. We're in a car in the back of Noah's rental because he's about to die. Yep. And uh, we're on our way down to Fry's. Now, what's important for you to know is it's Thursday. Hey, what time is it? It's 6.12. It's 6.13. It's 6.13 p.m. on a Thursday. We just got done recording TechSnap. I think it was pretty good. A show. double TechSnap. <clears throat> yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. And uh, here's what you need to know, though, is uh, tomorrow we're setting up for Linux Fest up in Bellingham. and uh, Tomorrow's Friday. And That's today right now. now we're driving yeah. down to Fry's to buy a motherboard. Because the one in the broadcasting machine is not working. We don't have a streaming computer, and it's Thursday. Before right. Linux Fest. Okay. So we're driving down to Fry's hoping we can find a motherboard, RAM, and a processor that we can slam into a case, reload Linux, and then get it working with OBS and all of the hardware, like the USB devices and audio devices. Hey, Chris, who do you think is going to do all that? What's that, Noah? Oh, who, who do you think will do all of that? Reloading and getting all that. Some amazing... that? He's not looking at the road. Yeah, this is Noah. Yeah, you watch the road? Some amazing <laughs> hero that ends up relying on Rekai, probably. <laughs> I love that we got a Rekai plug in there. So yep. uh, I'll let the uh, that video is posted to the uh, Patreon 
uh, activity feed if you're a Tech Talk Today patron and want to watch the full video. So we set off. Now, we got back here. We got a motherboard. We got a CPU. We got an MSATA. Um, and we got we had a mission. And uh, Noah started assembling the rig. And you, you Mr. Sis, and uh, and uh, Alan and Rekai were here. I went off to bed because I really hit the wall yesterday. After double tech snaps and stuff, I was pfft, I was cooked. Yeah. And uh, so I went home. And ended up not even falling asleep till two a.m. because of stuff going on at home. But that's a whole other story. Uh, so what happened after I left? Well, where 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 did it go from here? I think it would be more appropriate to say what didn't happen once you <laughs> left. Um, <laughs> so we you know we started building the computer. Building yeah. the computer is pretty much straightforward usually, yep. um, unless you're Noah. And unless you're Noah, and unless you know you decide to go with those one of those new M2 Satas. Yeah, which. Well, some of them are SATA well, well, the first one, well, that, Before we get to that part, the first thing he does is he tries to install it, and he uses the standoff screw that's supposed to hold it level as the screw, and, and so he's like got it slightly right. bent and, and this, stuck. This Asus motherboard we got has a con- has like a connector to put an M SATA M two dot SATA. Yeah, so you can have, uh, yeah really fast. Uh, so basically, it's a mini SSD that plugs right into the motherboard. But when you plugged it in, there's supposed to be a standoff screw, and then you. S- Plug this in and set it on top of that standoff, and then screw it down. Okay, uh, with the screw into the standoff. Okay, but he put it flat against the motherboard and screwed it down with the sure. the standoff screw. Yeah, <laughs> so that got stuck in use, there. Uh, yeah, a, a pair of like pliers and and nail clippers to try to get it off of there. <laughs> Thank oh, you. Poor Q5 guy. sis saved the day there. Yeah, I got with uh, the tweezers. And then, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then we, uh, you know, as we were assembling the machine and routing all the cables, I was like, so Noah, did you hook up all the power to all the hard drives? And he's like, yes. And then we booted up and like, well, three of the hard drives aren't being seen. And then I look and there's no power. (laughs) And we we finally get all that. All right. So we see six hard drives. In his defense, I had unplugged them. Yeah. We we unplugged everything and re-ran all the cables because it was a mess. Yeah. Yeah. and then we're like, we're still missing a heart of it. We don't see the MSATA. And then so uh, Q5 and Rakai are researching and finding out that for these M2 SATAs, there are actually two different kinds. There's a PCI kind that hmm. acts as, a, like a, as if it was a PCI card in a PCI slot, or the SATA kind, which requires the motherboard to actually have a SATA controller sitting on this M2 SATA port, ah. which this one apparently doesn't. And so we might have bought the wrong kind of M2 Sounds SATA. Sounds like we, yeah. So we didn't need Although, to get that SATA. Well, for, for, for two things. A, it that the only thing that says SATA on the box is very tiny print in light gray font. And, and there was no know. documentation. And also, should the guy at Fry's not have known that, that those two things wouldn't go together? That whole, that whole, you guys know, that whole experience for me was very frustrating. I have a yes. very hard time with Fry's. I am always extremely yeah. disappointed every time uh, I go. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, the way I look like, at I it is... I miss my local computer store, and I, uh, you know... This is I, actually, I, I think, I the motherboard we... Much. Oh, if this, this is the motherboard we got, isn't it? Yeah, it does look like it. Yeah. The one thing that kind of stood out to me is you're a tech store and you don't know how to divide by three. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah well, so it was, it was because of the process we went through, right? Where we went yeah. to the back, got the thing, and they created this invoice. Because that, you they know, took it the front and so they took out the stuff. We, and they're so like, we, well, you have to go back to the back and create three separate invoices. So like, we're back the there, hell? and you know they have like all the motherboards up on the wall, and you're supposed to look at this and pick out which one you want. Of course, the real motherboard you want is not actually up on the wall; it's just in a box on the shelf somewhere. So we find that, and then we find the best processor we can get. It's about a ten minute process with mm-hmm. this guy, and his English isn't great, but it's passable. And then meanwhile, another customer walks up and just completely interrupts, and the guy just starts working on that other customer so we stand around for a while we're like come on we just want to get the parts and go home because we're getting hangry because right. we're hungry and it's getting late and i've already i'm and i already like yeah, i like, need to we're, eat we're all standing there in front of him with the credit cards in our hands yeah and then 
And he's like, oh, here's this piece of paper. Take it up to the front, and then maybe they'll give you some stuff. So we go up to the front, and we wait in line. You know, of course, they got like 15, 30, whatever, checkouts. And then so the, the guy yeah, has literally, to... I've never seen 30 bloody checkouts, and yeah. there's like two of them. So the guy has to usher you to the to the right checkout place. And I get up there, and this kid's... Uh, uh, he's well. He looks over the order and he steps away. He go gets parts and he comes back. He looks at the order again. He steps away and go get some more parts and he starts ringing it up and it's a pretty big bill. And I say, actually, we wanted to split this up. I wanted to order this. He's going to buy this. He's going to buy that. And the kid looks at me and says, you can't do that. What do you mean? So I can't split this it's up like, into three orders. This is this is one order. You fill out one big invoice. Yeah, you can't split this up into three orders. I mean, and I I kind of just like, are you telling me Fry's Electronics that has all these computer, all this technology, got all these computers, these registers, these computers can't divide by three? That doesn't seem possible. And well. It- we actually got him to divide it by three, which yeah. actually probably well, we worked did. out better yeah, than, we got him to split than it I'll buy ways. the processor, yep. you buy the yep. motherboard, because so they were out. all different So it was prices. really nice, because the, so the guys chipped in, chipped in on some of the prices, and uh, and so that helped with the cost of sort of a last-minute uh, motherboard and CPU purchase like that, which was mm-hmm. great. Because uh, things have been getting tight as we get, uh, you know, there's always kinds of surprise expenses that come up. Exactly. So now we have a uh, an Ubuntu 14.04 rig with uh, open broadcast software on there, well, the OBS uh, software. There's a much longer story to that part. Oh, really? Right. So we get the machine together and get it booting, and we've given up on the MSATA. But, right, we got three SSDs, all of different sizes, and three spinning drives of various sizes. And uh, we we grab uh, the Ubuntu Mate installer off a USB stick and jack it in and boot it up. And we go to do the install, and we get it all installed, we boot into it, uh, and... We get all the OBS software installed. Yeah. Uh, Noah tries it out with the mixer and multiple cameras, and we're switching cameras and broadcasting audio. And we're like, Great. And they're connecting so like, okay. to Scale Engine? Yep. And I'm watching it from across the room off the live stream. And then we're like, okay, now we want to create LVMs on the three SSDs for us to record to and on the spinning drives for us to move the recordings to when, right. they're, when right. we're done recording yeah. in between sections or whatever. Perfect. It's so like, this will be great. And Noah fires installs the disks utility, which is got a really weird name in Ubuntu. And first of all, I expect it more to be like Gparted, where you make a list of changes and then you hit apply once you're sure you want to do it. But apparently this disk utility lets you just edit stuff live real time. Hmm. And so the first thing Neo does is delete the partition with the install we just finished on it from the SSD. Nice. And what time, now, is, what time is this at? This, this is like 1 a.m. in the morning. Already. Yeah, probably about <laughs> 1. We're, all, we're all crashing. And, oh, no. And he, he Did you guys crap it. yourselves? Like, what happened? Were you like... No, no it was really no, funny. Just, because, yeah, because Noah, Noah restarted started, the like, system. Giggling. Yeah, Noah restarted the system, and it, it didn't restart. And the Mac logo comes up. Yeah, Mac logo comes up, and he's like, huh, that's weird. So then he restarts it again, and same thing happens. The Mac rest- logo, because yeah. it used to be a Hackintosh right. a long time ago. Yeah, um, the, two of the three of the hard drives have HFS partitions on them still. So he keeps rebooting it and trying to change drives, thinking, oh, well, it's that other drive. Oh, it's that other drive. Oh, it's that other drive. No, the C300 is the one we did. All of them. Yeah, and he's a little loopy at this yeah, point. Yeah, and then I'm he's sure. like, yeah, I think and I just like, deleted deleted everything deleted. we did. Oh, I deleted yeah, everything. Uh, yeah, just, just accidentally. Oh, my God. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, we fire up the installer again and try again. And now it gives us an error when we try to do the grub install. On, so on the partition. So we've installed the OS, but there's no bootloader because it's trying to write the bootloader to SDA. Yeah. And we actually want to install it to SDE. <laughs> Naturally. And, of course yeah. you do. <laughs> and it's all fucked. And, and, and so then I try to run the grub install manually from the terminal, and it's like, error. Cannot determine the canonical path of slash cow. Yeah, this is so. I gotta like, find this. The fuck? I I gotta find this. Uh, this because this is a real error message you guys got. Yes. Uh, so uh, what it turns out is that the um, the virtual device name or whatever 
of the USB stick is cow. And oh. it's mounted as slash. And it's can't figure for some whatever reason they can't figure out what they can't find the correct device name that actually points to this slash cow partition or something. I zoomed in too far. So if you're looking at the video version right now, producer Q5 just tweeted out the screenshot where it says grub install air failed to get canonical path of slash cow. That's pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. And, and we had a giggle about that and he was tweeting at people about it. And- yeah, because when it's two in the morning and you haven't had much sleep, slash cow is a whole lot funnier yeah. than you think it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it doesn't sound funny right now. Yeah. Last night it was freaking hilarious. We yeah. were kind of had tears coming out of our eyes, laughing so hard. Oh man, I bet. Oh jeez, yeah. It's- well, that explains yeah. the noise. And then, uh, so then I figure, all right. The problem is when we're doing grub install on. Uh, so so the the install's done, but grub's not working. So when we try to boot. It's just sitting at a blank screen after the BIOS. Gosh. So we boot off the USB stick as a live CD and try to do the grub install and we get the slash cow error. Then I uh, get the right idea. I seach root. I, I mount the installed partition to slash MNT and seach root into it. So now we can run grub install and actually have it target the right hard drive. But it gives an error. You can't find the slash de- the device because <laughs> dev the slash dev is a virtual file system, and so then I quickly figure out how to mount that on Linux because it's different than on BSD because we call it devfs instead of dev tempfs. Whatever. Anyway, get that working. Do it, and then it spits out a whole bunch of errors, and then at the end of that says installation completed without errors. Love it. That's my favorite. And and we reboot, and we get a grub console. Because there's no grub.conf, because the installer decided not to create one because mm-hmm. the grub install command failed or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then we reboot, uh, and the live CD, or live boot image USB won't work anymore. Yeah. So we re- re-image that from his laptop and boot again. Oh, my god! And try to install again and get partition errors again. Because, again, it tries to write to SDA. So it tries to write to SDA instead of SDE again. <laughs> It turns out SDA is the live CD, so it's breaking the live CD every time we try to do the ins- or the, li- the live oh, USB no. stick every time we're trying to do the install. Oh, no. So then we tear the machine apart and reroute the cables so that the hard drive we want will be SDA. Yeah. We move it to the, a different SATA port so yeah. it will be the first device. Yeah. And then uh, it was 3 a.m. and, and uh, Noah was like, uh, do you want to go back to the hotel? I'm like, yes. Uh, but then he came back here and worked on it and got the install working once we, uh, now that the hard drive we wanted was sda God. so it seems like the you went to matei installer assumes when you're doing an install that you always want to write the boot sector to the first device which in our case was not the case because you know in the bios you could tell which drive to boot off of yeah and that's what we were trying to do right yeah there were a couple times where we wanted to throw in the towel but then we kind of looked yep. at it practically and realized that uh okay we're so like tomorrow away from we this have working. to set this up yeah in Bellingham, yeah, and it has to be done by then because yeah. Saturday morning it's go time. Yeah, so yeah, we're yeah. really tired. We want to go to bed. Yeah, but we don't have the option to <laughs> because otherwise we're going to get to the northwest and it's just going to be like a static symbol yeah. that we're going to be streaming that says yeah, sorry yeah. under construction. You know, you know what's funny is in all of this though, I'm surprised nobody said why don't we just do an audio stream. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. God, That's not even an option. Not even an option. No, no. Will, but, but so, so the craziest thing is we're sitting here in the studio working on stuff and both uh, Noah and I are, are complaining you know if we were at my house at my workbench right. we yeah. have all these tools I have all my parts, stuff we yeah we wouldn't have had to buy anything we literally we could have salvaged, salvaged yeah. machines and, and fixed it uh, and then yeah we're just looking at uh, and you know we would have had a pair of pliers when we needed them <laughs> yeah uh, it's a so, studio and then it's we're not thinking a if, if right but then we're like if we were trying to do this at Linux Fest, we'd be even worse off. Oh, gosh. So we've got to get yeah. this working here. Yeah, no kidding. 
and and we did and it's good to go and we have shot switching under linux and everything wow although there was a point where we were half considering uh installing pcbsd and seeing if obs works under that <laughs> just because it would have freaking booted for us <laughs> wow what a because at the one point when we had the just the grub prompt i manually typed in the grub command line prompt stuff to load the kernel and the init rd ram disk thing and boot the system because i happen to know how to do that because that's how you boot linux and beehive uh, with a a modified version of grub that runs in user land on the host yeah Uh, but i forgot to specify which partition to mount as root because i forgot that linux you have to tell it whereas on freebsd it's like well the the drive you you've loaded the kernel off of that's probably where you want to get the root file system from by default but on linux there's no default apparently i don't know the history anyway uh so it half boots and installs on us because it can't find the, the mm. root partition and it was like ah oh, so close but so far away well we put ubuntu 1404 on there but uh it is official ubuntu 1504 is released this is uh the first version of ubuntu that ships with system d uh as a uh, replacement my, for upstart the thing I've- yeah, the thing I found funny about that is they didn't switch to System D until like two weeks before the release. Well, they were doing like a transition, yeah, they, yeah, and they have yeah, like... but the transition was let's do it right before the release, which just to my release engineering mind that just seems Sounds like scary. the worst possible thing. No, I think so they didn't doing testing and stuff outside of the the main yeah, yeah. repo or whatever, yeah, but. Yeah. But uh, the other interesting one was, so if you had installed one of the release candidates or betas or whatever they call them, you got s- switched to systemd via a package update. Yeah. And I'm just like, I I would be afraid of that. It actually worked out pretty okay, but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, so it also ships with Unity 7.3 with a lot of uh, small enhancements, Kernel 3.19.3, which is all patched up by Canonical, and of course an update to all your favorite apps. Anything jump out at you about 1504, Mr. Sis? Um, not really. Yeah. You know which one I'm the, the flavor I'm the most excited about is Mate. Even though there's not a lot of new about GNOME 2, uh, the Ubuntu Mate uh, project has put a lot of nice little refinements. Like they have the Mate menu now. They have the color, the folder colors. They have all these done these little things like and the layout uh, customizer. Do you know what else they have? What? They have a bug in their installer. Well, I, yeah, but that, that, that writes the boot stuff to yeah. the wrong. I don't know if the 1504 device. version does, but you probably does. Right. Uh, but congrats! To yeah, me. this actually is the first time I've actually seen Mate, like physical with well, my own eyes. That is right there too. Um, oh, well, there you go. Yeah. yeah. So these two. Yeah. Uh, which is this year? Yeah. Uh, it's the first time I've seen it actually, and I mean, it is really slick. Yeah, it's very fast. Um, I was really I when I, I loaded on my main rig upstairs first before I went to GNOME three again, and uh, I was like, I almost couldn't give up the speed. I, w- I was hooked quick. Hey, uh, this th- I didn't expect this. I- I'm going to admit, I didn't expect it, but it looks like the Comcast Time Warner merger is off. Uh, you know, yeah, uh, this does seem like a good thing. Uh, this, is a, this is a post from the Comcast website. They're calling it off, and it looks like a big part of it is the dialogue changed around the conversation of net neutrality. And, and once the focus around net neutrality shifted, the Comcast deal kind of sunk. And I wonder if that was some masterful stroke of somebody. I mean, it seems like no coincidence that the net neutrality debate got to a whole fever pitch right after the Comcast and a merger was announced. Yeah, and uh, it well, was, yeah, it was it was part of the problem. You know, the Comcast giving Comcast even more control would let them, you know, bend people like uh, Netflix over the barrel harder. Yeah. So, boy, that's and, and we definitely need more competition in broadband in the U.S. Here's a story that's developing that I'm going to. Can I can I interrupt you right there? Yeah. Speaking of broadband, uh, there's this company called Ting. I don't know if you've heard of it. Yeah. Um, that's doing broadband. Yeah. Um, in Maryland, 40 minutes from my house. Um, 
just outside. Oh. I'm like, oh, fiber internet too. I know. Oh man, I just got my fiber internet upgraded at my house, and it's supposed to be 150, 150, and I haven't been able to break 90 yet. And you know, I mean, first world problem, but you're paying for one for one thing. It's it's kind of annoying, right? But that that sucks when you're right out there. This this studio is like one block from the fiber too. That like, stinks. Yeah, if you go down there, their main fiber, one of their main fiber buildings for this area is down there. Mm-hmm. Like, Come on, guys, just run it, run it down. Yeah, I'll go buy the cable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll dig. I'll dig. Uh, all right, I, I have. Yeah, I don't know what to I make. was lucky. I didn't have to dig. They uh, they ran it up on oh, yeah, the telephone guy, poles. They this had, guy, like, literally six or seven te- telephone poles to get from the, the fiber node to my house. This guy's like his own freaking ISP. Yeah. yeah, and he, well, yeah, it also costs more than and than like a mortgage. all of Chris's mortgages added together. Yeah, yeah. All of Chris's mortgages yeah. added together. <laughs> it really, yeah, it is. He really pays for it, but it's part of the business. So. Yeah, yep. uh, I don't know what to make of this story. I'm still watching to see if we can see some more reports. But the Pentagon says that Russian hackers have uh, broken their defenses, and they say the risk. Uh, this is the headline from Reuters. Reuters, Reuters. The global risk is growing for cyber war. Uh, that doctrine so, was... so what I don't understand is why the Pentagon has anything sensitive the Russians might want on the internet instead of not connected to the internet. Yeah, well, cool. I actually Using watched the internal government secure network. Oh yeah, yeah. Watched... I actually watched the stream this. yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he came out and he said, you know, this hasn't ever been released, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say it now as an example. Um, it was that they uh, someone got in. It was to the non classified internet, um, so it wasn't Cipernet. Right. Um, and it was through a legacy system. That was still on. That had just been running and running and running and running and running. Um, so it wasn't uh, anything. Is, we've, we talked about this before. In text, it's like you you have to keep a, a control over what machines actually exist on your network. You have to know what machines you have. Right. So you can find that old legacy machine that nobody even realizes is running. You know, it reminds me of this story of this company that couldn't find the servers because somebody had put it up in the drop ceiling. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the office, nobody even knew it was there. Yeah. So they uh, they found it. They then got it offline, and they were able to track it back to um, to Russia. They didn't specify if they knew anything further than that. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, it was a really interesting talk. Yeah, it sounded like it there was. were a couple points that he things that he said, which I was very surprised by. How, so it was Ashcroft giving the talk. Yeah, really. Um, I've like, not been very impressed by Ashcroft's, but that was a. I haven't either. But you know, when when he gets up and he says, you know, the if you look at politics and you see that you've got people on different sides of the aisle, or just, Ash Carter, I'm sorry, it's Ash Carter, yeah, not Ashcroft, you know, fighting and not getting anything done. That's something we can't ha- that we can't do. We have to be able to work together. And this let's combat each other and fight over picky stuff is going to hurt the U.S. in the long run. Oh yeah, we have sure. to work together if yeah. we're going to make ourselves safer. But everybody knows that. Yeah, well, yeah, but to hear somebody no, in that position is, say it. Don't argue about yeah. the uh, yeah. cybersecurity law I want to pass. Yeah, uh, yeah, right. Yeah, right. That's, that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, good point. Uh, interesting. So I'm going to read that story more, and I'll, I'll, I'll pick your brain more about that talk, because it sounds like there's a few clips I should grab from that. Yeah, there's definitely a few. Okay. Well, I uh, I just wanted to put to bed some speculation. I don't know if this is officially putting it to bed, but one of the things people said is maybe it'd be worth spending $10,000 on that crazy Apple Watch if next year you could put a new system on a chip in there. So you could upgrade the CPU and the memory, keep the gold housing and put the latest and greatest processor yeah. and stuff mm-hmm. in there. Yeah, so I fixed it, did a teardown, and I'm, I, I, I'm no expert, but I was just looking through their teardown here, and um, <clears throat> you have to rip everything out to get to the system on a chip. Literally everything comes out, the battery, and then the sensors, and I think this is really the killer. The sensors for, like, the heart rate monitor and stuff and, like, the uh, vibrator, that's the little uh, back-and-forth <laughs> thing that vibrates. Um, they're soldered to the bottom of that system on a chip. Hmm. Yeah, those connectors are soldered. So when you pull out that system on a chip, you have to break that. And so to me, see that right there? Yeah. 
that to me means you can never replace that system on chip. So if you are buying a $10,000 Apple Watch, it's going to be stuck at that CPU speed. You probably could if you use like a hot air rework station or something like that um, to be able to actually lift the chip off and then put right. it back on. It seems, but that's something that a lot of people like aren't going to have. That, well, and do you think that, Apple would be willing to do that point, scale? Well, I think Apple would just say, point, yes, send your watch in and we'll redo it. And like really, watch. they just send you a new one. Yeah. That's probably what they would do. Yeah, you're probably right. Now, what was that on? Well, at that price point, wouldn't it make more sense to just build a custom watch that had a modular type case than a thing? Oh, you'd think so. Like $10,000 is enough to get a custom watch made. I there still think that this... a modular watch, and I'm trying to remember where where I saw it, but it was like using um, headphone connectors to in the wrist strap, and the whole thing was modular. Yeah, so I remember hearing about that. Hmm. For me, I still think that this watch is nothing more than a status symbol, and they know it. Because, well, yeah. you can go around and say, look, yeah. I spent yeah. that on yeah, yeah, this yeah. watch. And- if you spend that kind of money, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Then one last little uh, uh, little just watch thing. Because I know you guys don't care too much, so let's make it real quick. Uh, Samsung's next watch is rumored to be round. And uh, you know what? After playing around with Alex's Samsung gear, I, I think it's pretty – you know, I have the LG Watch R. Uh, but Samsung's got – he's got a camera. It's got a microphone. It's mm-hmm. got a speaker. Uh, it's pretty nice. And round is pretty slick. I'd be curious to see what Samsung could do with this, and they're going to roll out a full SDK with it as well. So we'll probably be hearing more about wearables coming from Samsung. Yeah, I'm still waiting for my uh, Rufus Cuff to come. Your Rufus Cuff? My Rufus Cuff. Is you it, know about that, don't you? Is it a watch that's a cufflink or something? Uh, no, it's actually it's a 3.2-inch square screen. Okay. Um, and it's on a band, and it, it mounts right on your arm. Well, how do you spell um, R-U-F-U-S-C-U-F-F. All right. Rufus Cuff. The Kickstarter was actually... This is cool. The Kickstarter was last year. Um, and or I Indiegogo, believe, it looks like. Yeah, Indiegogo. The, uh, I believe it's supposed to ship uh, July, I believe, is the last update I got. How do you hear about this cool stuff? <clears throat> you always hear about this cool stuff. Look at that. Somebody just sent me a link that I know. That looks like something out of Star Trek. Um, yeah. And it's running, um, well, it, at least last year they were saying it was going to run full KitKat. At this point, I don't know if it's going to run um, hmm. Lollipop or not. That is pretty neat. But it's, I'm looking it's at everything their, right there. Let's see if they're a little Indiegogo here, please. The watch was invented in 1812. We've crammed it to calculation sensors and touchscreens. All in attempts to make it smart. 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 To us, smart means rethinking things. I want to jump ahead. I want to see it. Come on. I want to see it. I want to see it. Oh, yeah. So it's a full-on band with just a... Oh, actually, you know what? That yeah, might it be contours do- directly like to your arm. That might be doable. Look at that. Hey, Travis. What's up? Hey, I'm in traffic. Just meet you there. Cool. No problem. So it's slightly smaller than a smartphone strapped to your wrist. Basically, yeah. But it's a full smart. It's not like, you know, okay, we, we're going to do a watch and we're going to give it this or this or this. It's a full Android experience. Um, they're working on a way to link it directly to your phone. So what you Ooh, do I like on the that upside is down hold. directly. Yeah, you can do it on either. Because I always actually wear my wrist or my watch upside down. Yeah, that is nice. So it'll and it will. Uh, I noticed that. And so it will uh, it'll sync to your phone and over Bluetooth 4.0, it looks like. Yep. And Wi-Fi, huh? Uh, and it can also connect to Wi-Fi itself directly if you don't have a smartphone. Yeah, it's a nice little device. I'm looking forward to getting it. Huh, pretty cool. The Rufus Cuff. I didn't, I'll put a link to that in the show notes if you guys want to check that out after the show. That's pretty neat. Hey, uh, we are uh, posting, well, not frequently, but from time to time, exclusive behind-the-scenes videos over on our Patreon feed just for the patrons that support the Jupiter Broadcasting Network over at patreon.com slash today. Like that video we played a little bit of today, we posted that up there last night on our way down. I actually posted it in the car. Yeah. I was like, hey, look at me. I'm making a Patreon video while I drive. Well, actually, Noah drove, but I was in a car driving down the freeway at roughly safe speeds. R- roughly. For periods of time. Momentarily, yes, yeah, and uh, posting Patreon videos, and uh, those uh, those of you over there, the four hundred seventy-seven of you, help keep this network independent and focused on 
the audience. We actually just went up, didn't we? Because I believe earlier yep. this week it was still at 475. Three. Yeah. It was 475 earlier this week, so we got a couple, and they got access to not just the brand new video we posted yesterday, but all of the previous behind-the-scenes video videos over at patreon.com slash today. Thanks, you guys, for supporting the network. As we approach Linux Fest Northwest, it really does mean a lot to us. So we have an end-of-show video that Imacon, who's been like our YouTube master for the last week, uh, found. And <clears throat> did, you ever, did you ever mess around with OS2 back in the day? No, I did not. No? No. Uh, okay. I, I, had, I had a very, very limited experience with OS2. Uh, my experience with OS2 was uh, from the uh, standpoint of a mainframe. And uh, I, didn't, I didn't use OS2 directly, but the mainframe that we ran was, a, I believe, boy, I, I'm showing, I'm, I'm, I might be getting this completely wrong, but I believe it was an IBM System 390. Ooh. And, yeah, I think that was what it was called. And uh, back then, uh, you had to have a 486 to control the System 390. So you didn't interface directly because... Right, because the mainframe was holy, right? The mainframe was holy. So you don't dare interact directly with the mainframe, not, not you uh, as some, some average lowly user. No, no, you must first interact with the command computer. Oop, hold on. You're jumping the gun. You must first interact with the command computer, which is built into a cabinet built into the mainframe. So there's a 486 computer right. in a cabinet built into the mainframe that you control the mainframe from with OS2 applications. And this, mm-hmm. is, like as, er, this is as late as, like... 2004, 2005. Right. So this is pretty recent stuff. And uh, so OS2 is definitely still around today. But there was a period of time where IBM and Microsoft were teamed up, and it looked like this was going to be the future of desktop operating systems, at least in the business. And so uh, this is an old IBM OS2 ad from somewhere around the 92, 93 time frame. So this is like, you know, before Windows 95, before Windows 3.1.1. Here you go. Not all. Oh, oh, one more thing before we go. Join us live. If we, if we have a live stream on Saturday and Sunday, it's going to be under Linux. Yes. Linux Power. JB it's Live. the first time, isn't it? I think it's the first time we've done one from a fest on location. Yeah. This might, I don't know if anybody's ever done a live stream from a fest on location using OBS. I don't think so. I think it'll be the first time ever. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. JBLive.tv Saturday and Sunday, and then we'll be back here on Tuesday uh, for a brand new version and edition of the Tech Talk program, techtalktoday.reddit.com. All right. And with that, we'll leave it. See you back here next week, everybody. Bye-bye. Not all personal computer operating systems give you your best shot. Some will do several things at once, but not always. Chalk one up for IBM's Advanced OS 2. It runs any number of programs simultaneously, seamlessly, safely. Get more work done. Power up any IBM compatible like the new Ambra 486s with OS 2.